Welcome to Speaking Candidly with Candace, Voices for Mental Health. I'm your host, Candace Schoner, and today we will be talking about body image, eating disorders, dieting, and weight loss surgery. My guest today is Tammy Tyler, a registered nurse in Charlottesville, Virginia, who has struggled with bulimia for most of her life and recently underwent bariatric surgery. Welcome to the podcast, Tammy. Hi, good to be here. First of all, let's start at the beginning, sort of. When did you have your surgery and how are you doing? Um, I had my surgery on July 14th. Um, I'm actually doing amazingly well. Um, so many other people that I've read about that have had this procedure have encountered much greater difficulty than I have. When you say many of the people that you've spoken to before have had more difficulties, what are some of the struggles that you've heard about? Well, a lot. I belong to an online support group as well as a Zoom support group through the surgeon's office that I had my surgery with. But many people, um, even weeks after their particular surgery, are claiming that they can't eat, that they're nauseous, that nothing appeals to them. So as far as that's concerned, appetite-wise, I'm doing better than most. There are a lot of the risks that come with the surgery, isn't that correct? There is. Um, myself, I encountered problems uh, one week out after surgery, which was I had a swelling in my esophagus that wasn't allowing food to pass. So I had to be on IV fluids for four or five days with nothing to eat or drink till it calmed down some. And then I was able to, again, resume my journey forward. So speaking of your journey, have you always struggled with weight? Oh, yes. Um, when I was in uh, high school, I suffered from bulimia. Um, my parents wanted to send me to a psychiatrist. I told them I wasn't crazy. And... Um, for the time being, it stopped, but then it happened again in college. Most often, bulimia is an illness that is fueled by the need to control something. So when you feel everything else in your life is chaotic and out of control, what you eat, how much you eat, and how much you retain is directly in your line of control. So I had that as a background going into the rest of my life. Where I've always been larger than my peers or my coworkers, so I've struggled with this my entire life. So, was there a event or something that triggered you to say, "Hey, enough is enough. I'm going to do this surgery"? Actually, I can happily say it's my wife um, that helped me with this. She supported me in the decision. Um, in talking about our future together, she wanted us to have a long and happy life together. So um, doing this surgery would help ensure that because I do have other medical diagnosis that is directly a result of the fact that I am obese or morbidly obese, as we're referred to. Um, I have diabetes. I have high blood pressure. I have migraines. Um, other things as well. But since my surgery, 
I have not had to have insulin. So this is going into week six. Wow. Without any insulin. That's amazing. I'm also, I've also been taken off my oral diabetic medication as well. So yeah, that's huge. That's fantastic. And I, I think your doctors must be very proud and your wife uh, must be very proud of your <laughs> progress. Absolutely. Again, without her support, I couldn't have done any of this. She just set me up for success in such a big way. It was going to be very hard to not succeed at this particular surgery. Let me ask you this. Have you tried other diets to control your eating or you know, oh. any other plans that, you know, try to control your weight? Absolutely. Um, most of us have to at least try and fail at multiple attempts to um, control our weight conservatively. I belong to Formula 3, Optifast. Um, oh, there's another one where like Jenny Craig type issues where you get prepackaged. I also um, belong to a club called Bistro MD where I received all my, mail, my meals ready made. So I knew the content, how many calories, all of that. It was all pre-measured and frozen. So yes, we had to have multiple attempts at trying to control our weight before we could even be considered for this surgery. Did you have an official, I know you said earlier on that you suffered from bulimia. Yeah. Is that the same cause of your weight gain or is it another kind of eating disorder? Actually, it's like the sister illness or disorder to anorexia. Whereas in anorexia is starvation to achieve a certain body type. Bulimia involves binge eating, which is the particular disorder that got me to my size, is I would eat indiscriminately, um, out of control, gluttonous type behavior, um, and then trying desperately to keep my weight down. So bulimia involves eating, binge eating specifically, with purging, which means making yourself get sick and or coupled with um, excessive exercising. For example, when I was in high school, I went out to eat with my family. I had a tomato stuffed with tuna. And after I got home, I attempted to get sick or throw up. I would also eat meals with my family and then I would go run three to five miles in the process of that stopping somewhere in my running to get sick, to get rid of the extra calories that I didn't want my body anymore. Do you think that body image and the way that we look at bodies in our society is part of the reason why you've been struggling with this disorder? Oh, absolutely. When I was in high school, when I first started dealing with bulimia, um, I hung out with what would be considered, quote unquote, the popular kids. So I hung out with um, football players. I hung out with um, jocks. I hung out with the pretty girls. And using that as a metric to try and gauge where I was, that's what kind of helped push me into bulimia is because the pressure to look like everybody else 
at multiple stages in your life, whether you're a young woman, whether you're college age, whether you're even an adult, it still impacts people daily. So yes, society plus what's on TV every single day, you know, the advertisements, how thin is beautiful, thin is better. Thin isn't always better because there are a lot of very sick, skinny people out there that just don't take good care of themselves. I so, agree. It's about the balance of health. Exactly. There are heavy people that are considered extremely healthy, carrying more weight than their frame should typically carry, but they're healthy. They eat well, they exercise, um, all the things you'd expect in a quote-unquote skinny person can also be had for someone that's over their ideal body weight, but still in really good form. Now, we've mentioned the weight a couple of times. What has been your lowest weight and your and what was your highest weight? Um, give me a frame of reference as far as time. Um, just say within the last year. Within the last year, um, I weighed as much as 328 pounds. And as of today, I weigh 259 pounds. So that's the lowest I've been in a really long time. So that's incredible. And congratulations. And it's not an easy surgery. I mean, even pre-op and to all the listeners out there, Tammy and I have known each other for the past two years. We're friends. I'm glad to say. And so I've sort of followed her along this journey and thought that uh, her story was worth sharing with others to hopefully inspire others. So you had a lot of preparation to do before the surgery, correct? Exactly. Um, I had 18 months in planning for this. Starting from the beginning, you go into the surgeon's office and you talk to them about the various um, surgeries out there available for long-term weight loss. They determined for me the best type for me would be what they call Ruin Y, which is the creation of a very small pouch about the size of an egg, um, where they go in and they create this small pouch and then reroute your intestines from the pouch onto the rest of your digestive system. They leave the stomach there. Um, it's just sutured off. But um, you're dealing with a much smaller space to allow food into. So your meals have to be um, small and frequent throughout the day to make sure you don't have what they call dumping syndrome, which is basically just having everything in your stomach move on through your intestines without any nutrients being absorbed. And that's a very dangerous place to be for people that only have that small pouch. So eating conservatively frequent times a day help reduce the risk of that dumping syndrome, creating further issues for people after surgery. Now, in the introduction, I mentioned that you were a nurse. You've also worked with patients who have had this type of surgery. Is that correct? I have. Um, that we're not the primary floor for that, but we do, I work on a digestive health unit. So we do see people oftentimes many years beyond their initial surgery. So, um, yes, I see some of the downfall to it where people have gotten the surgery and then have lost a lot of weight and then gained it all back. 
Um, I have people come in that have had problems and had to have a feeding tube because they just couldn't keep on top of the nutrients required. So yes, I've seen the adverse side of that particular surgery, but I opted to take that risk because my life was that important. And we, as your friend, are so glad that you did. And, you know, I wonder though about moving forward and the cause of the bulimia. Do you go to therapy? Is this part of the process for healing and for good results of the surgery? Absolutely. I think therapy is essential because there's no other way that you're going to be able to address the reasons why you've been overweight most of your adult life, unless you talk it through with a therapist or do some intense therapy on your own as far as journaling or speaking with other professionals or speaking with a peer group to help figure out what's at the base of this relationship with food, which obviously has been very dysfunctional for those of us that are, are grossly overweight. What about eating out? Um, now that you've had the surgery and I remember recently we all gathered at a local restaurant and you had been out a couple weeks from surgery and you had your protein shake mm -hmm. and you couldn't basically eat what's off the menu. And I remember the waitress coming over to you and saying, you're not allowed to bring that in. Can you share what that felt like and what you, your thoughts were? Absolutely. Um, first of all, um, I, I was kind of floored because it wasn't like, I was bringing alcoholic beverages from the outside. It was definitely something that I needed in the course of my recovery after surgery. And I had to explain to the server that unfortunately, because of my surgery, that was the only thing I was able to partake out of the menu. And then she took that information, took it back to her manager and nothing further happened. But it almost felt like it was prejudicial because, you know, I wasn't able to drink like my peers or eat like my peers. So, um, yeah, kind of a strange reverse discrimination issue. But it turned out okay. And I actually have a card that I carry with me that states that I recently had surgery. So in the event we were to go out to say like a buffet or something, I wouldn't get charged the full price because I'm not going to eat as much as maybe other people in my party. And literally your first foods was like out of a little baby food jar, correct? <laughs> it was. Um, I was using baby spoons and um, I had, the diet progresses through various things from clear liquid to puree, which is like baby foods, to soft foods, which is like mac and cheese or mashed potatoes to a regular diet. Everything after this surgery will have to be modified. I can have maybe two bites of this or one bite of that, but I can't sit and fill up my plate like everybody else because I would be horribly ill. Is that, it has to be somewhat frustrating. I mean, it can't be easy to go out with friends and see everybody piling on the food on their plate. Well, you know, uh, it's just a mindset, and this goes back to um, therapy and, you know, figuring out 
where you're coming from and what's caused this. And honestly, after a while, it's like, I don't want that anymore. It makes me full or makes me feel uncomfortable. So, hmm. you know, you just, you adapt. You adapt and you are adapting well, it sounds like. I'm trying hard. There are some days that are better than others, but I pay the price if I eat too much. I, I would get gravely ill. <laughs> I guess that is a definitely good deterrent. Um, what about just your feeling like when you were at your highest weight? Did you feel like people were secretly judging you? Did they look at you differently, treat you differently? Oh, absolutely. Um, I think much of society has this mental picture of people that are overweight for whatever reason, whether it be a physical condition, whether it's because they like their food, whatever it is that brings them to that point that they're really over their weight for their body type. Um, it's viewed um, as fat people are lazy. That's the only reason they can't lose weight. If they would just apply themselves, that their weight would go away. But not everybody is overweight because they can't control what they put in their mouth. There are physical considerations, illnesses and whatnot that can cause people to gain and maintain an excess weight on their body. I'm, so, I'm yeah. glad that you point that out because I think that it is really important. And it's really sad that we fat shame people or judge people based on their weight or any other reason why we might judge somebody. I, I'm not a big fan of uh, labeling and judging people. How has, so far, how has the surgery affected you mentally and physically? Um, before I could eat soft foods, I was very discouraged because, you know, I'd been around our friends who were eating, you know, desserts, burgers, hot dogs, whatever. And I felt, you know, very left, out, very angry because, you know, because of the surgery that I opted to undergo, I wasn't able and I may never be able to eat a hamburger or a cheeseburger again. I don't know what my body's going to do with that, but, um, not so much now, but a few weeks ago, I had told my wife, I'm like, I think I'm a state. I think I shouldn't have gone this. But, you know, when I see the fact that I've lost as much weight as I have, I mean, things that I haven't been able to do for like the last three years, you know, it helps to put your mind more at ease that, in fact, um, my wife says, you've eaten XYZ food, you know, hundreds of times. So it's not like you're missing out on a new taste sensation. You've had this. You've done this. So I shouldn't view it as a loss because eventually I'll be able to try almost anything. It's just a matter of how much. But your so, life isn't going to revolve around food, it sounds like. Correct. Food is strictly for energy. It's for fuel. You know, once you have this surgery, you have to be intelligent about what you put in your mouth. Because again, you're working with a very restricted space. So the most important thing that you're going to be able to do is to give yourself, um, we have to have at least 60 grams of protein daily 
to enable us to run effectively. Also, if you don't do that, some of the side effects are um, dehydration. People have lost hair if they're not taking in sufficient amount of protein. So there's a lot of, there's downsides to not following the diet as it's been set forth by your surgical team. So you find ways. Uh, again, um, Kim, my wife, um, she set it up so that I would be in such good shape. She went out and purchased all these protein shakes that were available here in the house. She stocked our fridge. She's bought me containers um, as I get ready to go back to work so that I can set myself up for success while I'm at work as far as like having containers for different types of proteins, um, various other food in the appropriate amounts so that I'm fueling my body as I work, not just filling it up with emptiness. Well, I know Kim is one of my be dearest, best friends, and I know she's been so proud of you and definitely wants to help you through this. Do you think that somebody who is single or living alone could be successful with this type of surgery without the support that you have? Um, yes. If someone is committed enough to making that change, I believe it's possible. Um, having support, whether it's direct, as in someone that you're involved with or married to, or indirectly, which is, you know, joining various support groups online, in person, through a therapist, it is possible for someone single to be able to do that. But their, their mind has to be singularly focused on what they want to get out of this surgery. Because again, it's very easy for people to go back and eat too much and stretch out this small pouch back into a larger space, therefore um, allowing them to have more calories and less protein than they really need. And going back to pre-surgery and the requirements to get the surgery, can you explain what those requirements were? And I'm also curious as to whether insurance covers the surgery. Um, first, let me answer that question for you. Not everyone has a weight loss rider on their insurance. For example, Kim works for a smaller company, and that's just not something that's included in their health insurance that they offer. So the first thing to find out is whether or not your particular health plan has a rider for weight loss, and then possibly what type of weight loss. Um, like I said, I had almost 18 months before my surgery I had to get various tests. They wanted to see if I suffered from reflux. They wanted to see what my swallowing was like. I mean, I had to jump through a lot of hoops. Not only that, I had to be seen at least monthly by a nurse practitioner within the, surgery's, the surgeon's office, as well as a nutritionist to talk about, you know, various things that have got us to that point. In, us, in other words, they've set us up, you know, to be able to go into this, having looked at what your life was going to be after surgery and making sure that you were really committed to this idea before the surgery was done. 
So it's a lot of testing. We have to have a psychological component. We need to be evaluated by either a therapist or a psychiatrist to see whether mentally we're ready for this, as well as all the physical tests that are done to make sure that, you know, if you have surgery, it's going to have a positive outcome. Yeah, because it's a a big surgery. I mean, it's not some small deal. No, it's huge. It really is. I mean, it's life altering on so many levels. Um, Again, making sure that food is considered a fuel, not a luxury. Um, You can't eat your feelings away because, again, you will get very ill if you indulge. So it's a lot of preparing mentally as well as physically. And on top of that, something I haven't mentioned, one of the other things that's totally essential is knowing that you have some type of um, exercise plan in place because they said that you need to schedule your meals and schedule your exercise. So not only are you not eating as much as you were before, but you're also becoming more physical, therefore losing weight due to the fact that you're um, trying to work off some of the calories that you are ingesting. So we're getting close to running out of time. And I want to just ask you to compare, what would you say after surgery is your favorite thing that's happening with your body and your mind? And maybe what is something that you still need to work on to continue your positive progress? Um, As far as the best thing is I'm able to fit into clothes that I haven't been able to fit in for at least two years, which is amazing because it's a lot of clothes. Um, And soon I'll be able to buy off the rack. I won't have to go to exclusive, um, quote unquote, big people's shopping. And mentally, um, continuing to work on why food is such a predominant element in my life. And why have I been abusing my body by just filling it with crap for the last X number of years? And you're also more physically active now, correct? Absolutely. Um, I go out walking, I swim, um, and I enjoy it. You know, I don't feel like the slug that I did before. So it's become a more enjoyable thing. I'm getting ready to buy a bike here shortly to start riding. So lots of exciting things on the horizon. On that positive note, I want to thank you, Tammy, very much for sharing your journey. I'm sure that a lot of people listening can relate, and uh, the information you provided should be very helpful to those who are considering this type of surgery. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. And to all the listeners out there, thank you for listening to Speaking Candidly with Candace, and remember, every cloud has a silver lining.